Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, as we gather here this morning, I start us off with a question. The question is this, or the challenge is this maybe, is name one thing for which you are thankful. Name one thing for which you are thankful. So for those joining us on live stream, if you can think in about two to three words maybe, you can describe one thing for which you are thankful. If you think about that, we're going to start a new series today and the next two Sundays in this month of November called Thanks and Giving. We're going to focus on thanks and giving, returning to the Lord our praise, our gratitude for all that He does for us, all that He's given to us, most especially in His Son, our CV, Jesus Christ. As we do that, let's go to our Lord in prayer. Lord, as we just sang, now thank we all our God. We thank you. We thank you for all that you do for us each and every day. Lord, help us to be ever grateful for the great blessings you give to us, most especially for the great blessing of your love, your grace, your mercy and forgiveness in your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So here's the challenge again for you. Name one thing for which you are thankful. Now, maybe that's hard right now. Maybe you're just rattling off all kinds of things. You're trying to decide which one you would name. I mean, I think things that I'm thankful. I'm thankful it's a beautiful fall day. I mean, this is quite a bit warmer than it normally would be for the second Sunday of November. It's a gorgeous day. Breezy, not windy, breezy, but still beautiful. I'm thankful as we move into this week that for Veterans Day, for the veterans who have served in our armed forces and for those who are serving right now, for those who have and have risked their lives, continue to serve our nation and to make sure that there's freedom for not only us, but, but really throughout the world. I'm thankful for technology, which allows us to be able to worship with a live stream and, and connect this way as we social, social distance from one another. But as I thought about, you know, what am I thankful for? You know, one of the things I'm really thankful for in the midst of a lot of stuff that's been going on here is our church staff and our leadership. You know, our staff's not a very big staff, but they really work hard to pull their weight, do a lot of work, then making things happen. And our church leadership, who is working even in the midst of the pandemic, making sure that we continue to connect with one another in our Savior, Jesus Christ. So I don't know about you, but as you think about that, I want you to think about that because I want to ask you the same challenge going to this next week as well, to name something for which you are thankful. So we have this new series called Thanks and Giving. So we do that. Another thing that I think I'm thankful for this time of the year is apple cider. I don't know about you. How many of you like apple cider? I, mean, I don't mean apple juice. I mean, the, you know, the apple cider that's like comes in a jug that's like unfiltered and looks like brown kind of muddy soup stuff, but tastes really, really good. And, you know, if you've ever, you know, made that, ever gone to somewhere like Nebraska City and been there and, and helped make apple cider, you know, they press down on those apples because that's the only way you're going to get the juice if you press down on that apple. But I got a question for you. How many of you ever feel like, and maybe you feel like this right now, like you're being pressed down on? I mean, with things that are going on in our lives, in, in our community, in our nation, in our world, a lot of us feel like we're being pressed down on. We feel like we're being squeezed. We've got COVID. We've got our economy. We've got a lot of other uncertainties happening in our community, in our nation, in our world right now. And we feel like we're being pressed in, squeezed in. And when we're getting squeezed, you kind of the question that we wonder is what comes out of us? What's coming out of us as we were being squeezed, as we're being pressed on? When we experience so much loss and so much grief, what happens? 
to us. And what we see here and, and as we enter this series is, you know, what God calls us to is a life of thanksgiving, of giving thanks to God. But that seems like a polar opposite, doesn't it? When you think about, you know, being pressed down, you think about grief and anxiety and the pressures of life and thanksgiving. Yet if we take a look at the text that, and by the way, if you couldn't recognize, for those of you here live stream, that was Chuck's voice, um, uh, the scripture from Luke 17. And maybe familiar passage to you, Luke 17, there were 10 lepers, 10 guys who had leprosy. And really quick, let's talk about leprosy, just so you know what leprosy is. Leprosy, kind of like the COVID-19, was a contagious disease. And in many similar ways, like we have now, it's because it's highly contagious. There were certain parameters, certain measures put in place. They had to social distance from others as part of the Levitical code in Leviticus. If they had leprosy, and leprosy could be a number of different kinds of skin diseases, from some things that were more moderate to the more severe leprosy that we know as Hansen's disease, where, you know, like their digits, their fingers, you know, their joints and things like that, they, they get numb and they bump them, they cut them, they get gangrene, they fall off, and it was disgusting, and thankfully I'm not going to show you like any pictures of that. It was also very painful. So you, you dealt with this disease, you, you dealt with distance and, and isolation from others. And with no cure, it was a reminder that each and every day was ultimately a life sentence. Because it could take, with that leprosy, up to 30 years for it to finally take your life. Not only that, again, you, you had to social distance. You had to be removed from your family and your community. So they, you know, your family had to care for themselves without you. But you had to live in this community of other people who, like you, had leprosy kind of hanging out with the same people day after day, week after week, hour after hour. Kind of sounds like what some of us are doing right now, right? And you think, how much longer do I have to be with these people whom I love? But they were together. And this community of, of lepers, and part of what they were doing, when we, we capture this in the text here, as Luke says, you know, they would stand at a distance. You know, usually they stood at a distance and they'd say, unclean, unclean, because they wanted to make sure that you knew they had leprosy. And sometimes they had things like bells and they try to make noise. It was also a way that if you were going to be generous and charitable, that you could, you know, from a distance, leave them something like some folks have done for someone who's maybe been at home quarantined with COVID-19. You know, someone goes to the grocery store for them and, and drops something off at the door and they can pick up those groceries. What we know is that these guys who had leprosy, that Jesus was going to Jerusalem along the border of Samaria and Galilee. Now, we've got to pause there for just a moment because you've got to know that that is an unusual route for a Jewish man to take. They would not hang out with the Samaritans. There was not good blood between the Samaritans and the Jews. They saw each other as enemies. They saw each other as, you know, those you would just tell your children, we don't like those people. And so they would take a longer route, most often, to go from Galilee to Jerusalem. But Jesus, as he's done before, takes the shorter route along the Samaritan border. And he says that he encounters these ten lepers who cry out. We don't know how they know that Jesus is there or how they had known what he had done. Likely some family members had from a distance shouted out, Hey, that Jesus guy who's been healing people, he's going to be in the area. Keep a lookout for him. And so they see Jesus, and they shout out, Jesus, Lord, have mercy on us. 
And Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. Now, why the priest? Because the priest was kind of like the health department of the day. You had to show yourself to the priest who then would examine your body to make sure that there was no longer any skin disease on you. And and if there was no skin disease, you could be certified as cured. You could return to your community and to your family and to the life that was more normal. And Luke records for us, and by the way, Luke is a doctor, so when we read Luke with some of these miracles, there's additional things we pick up for when we listen to. Like earlier in Luke's gospel, chapter 7, Jesus had healed another man with leprosy and even touched him, which is, again, would have been a Levitical no-no. But he touched him and healed the man. Well, these guys here, he says, go show yourself to the priest. So they go, and they're going to show themselves to the priest. What we don't know, we don't get all the details, is we don't know if they took 10 steps or 25 steps or 100 steps But suddenly, you know, or maybe not so suddenly, they were healed. Whether it was like, whoo, I'm healed, or whether, you know, that finger that fell off, you know, began to grow back, and and the, the body that was disjointed began to heal as they took each step. We just know that as they were on their way, they were healed. And as they were on their way, they were healed, and one, one that when he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus. And I love... Again, Luke captures some of these details. He comes back with a loud voice. And if you remember the past with his loud voice, he'd always said, unclean, unclean, stay away. You know, so he called out for mercy. And he comes back with a loud voice, and he's praising God. He's giving thanks to God for the healing. He throws himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanks him. These are the words that we have from Luke 17, verses 15 through 16. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And Luke doesn't want us to miss this point. And he was a Samaritan. Now, there might have been other Samaritans there, but part of that point was that the Jewish people would have seen that Samaritan as an outsider, as one that is not worthy of God's mercy and grace, not worthy of one being highlighted as the one doing the right thing. He was a Samaritan, and he was the one that came back and gave thanks. Even though he had been pressed down, even though he had been dealing with this illness for quite some time in his life, he is the one that comes back and expresses gratitude. In the verse 19, Jesus says these words, Rise and go, your faith has made you. Really more literal the translation, your faith has made you whole. Now the others must have had faith. They had faith and trust that Jesus could heal them. But this man's faith moved him to action. To do more than just being healed, this is awesome, I'm going to go be with my family again. But it moved him to action to stop, return to Jesus, and to give him thanks. Gratitude is an amazing thing, but gratitude is not so easy when we're being pressed down. When we feel like, you know, we're struggling in life. And for many of us right now, this has been a difficult time. As we look back as we come to the end of 2020, we look back towards the beginning of this year, we say, this has not been an easy year. It's been challenging. And it can be challenging for us to find gratitude at these times. Gratitude is an amazing thing. Not only does Scripture talk about, you know, how we are called to live a life of gratitude. You know, study, research, science shows that gratitude does amazing things for us. In the year 2003, there was a study and research on gratitude where they took the participants of that study and they, for 10 whole weeks, 
each and every day, they would note, whether a word or a sentence or a phrase, they would note something for which they were grateful for, something for which they were thankful for. And by the end of that study, they reduced the level of anxiety and stress in their lives. Other studies have also shown that gratitude, expressing gratitude, does a number of things for us. One, it improves our mood. It improves our physical well-being as well as our emotional well-being. It improves our social bonds. It makes us more optimistic. It enhances empathy and reduces aggression. It helps us sleep better. And it helps us forgive ourselves and others. Gratitude. Because it takes us outside of ourselves, even when we're being pressed down the situation we're in. It helps us see the blessings that God provides for us. Right now, we're all feeling that sense of being pressed in and squeezed. But God invites us and to see what he has done for us. And maybe like Samaritan, you know, we need to take just a moment to turn around, head back to Jesus, and to give him thanks. Thanks for all the gifts that he gives to us. Thanks especially because as, you know, the text here says, you know, he was heading towards Jerusalem. Why? Because he was heading to the cross for you and for me to give his life for us, that we'd have life in him, that we'd have the forgiveness of all of our sins, that we would know his peace and his presence with us each and every moment. So here's a, a challenge for you not just this week. I'm going to put this challenge before you throughout this series. And the challenge is this. Every day from now until the end of the year, find one thing to be thankful for. Sounds e easy enough, right? But there's still a lot of days left in this year. And it's not been an easy year. But we see in this man that was healed of his leprosy, he had not had an easy life. But he saw and what God had done for him, called in faith to be grateful. And our God calls us in faith to respond with our gratitude, our thanksgiving, through our words and through our actions. So whether you buy a fancy journal and you want to journal your thoughts and thankfulness, whether you want to get sticky notes, imagine how many days are left now to the end of the year, someone can do the math real quick, and you put sticky notes like on your mirror or on your wall somewhere, and just those words or thoughts and images of, of things you're grateful for each and every day. And if you got more than just you and your household, you know, you can put those sticky notes or summers on a wall and share that with one another or post it on social media because a lot of things we can post on social media. I mean, imagine we started posting things for which we are grateful for, things for which we give God thanks for because we are God's people and we are blessed by God, the creator of the universe, loved by the God who gave his son for us. We are thankful people because we are God's people. Let's pray. Lord God, if we're honest, it's not always easy to be thankful. Right now, especially, Lord, we, a lot of us have feel pressured and squeezed. We're anxious and uncertain and overwhelmed. Yet, Lord, if we stop and really think about it, there is many things for which we are thankful. From the small things to the greatest thing of all, your love for us in Jesus, we give you thanks. Lord, help us to be thankful each and every day as we put this into practice to the end of this year that it will help change our hearts, our attitudes, and our actions in faith. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org.
Thanks for listening. And until next time.